I was praying this morning. I said, as we, as we get older, sometimes we kind of get a little um, religious. And we don't accept Christ and the things of Christ in a childlike sense as Jesus told us to do. And we have sometimes preconceived notions on what God is like. And this thing can scare some of you. But again, Jesus said, let the children come to me. And if we don't praise them, they know how to, it's been ordained in their lives when they were born to praise God. They know that. So um, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and, how you doing, buddy? He's not scared. He's not scared. Anyway, let's, can we just pray? Father, I just thank you right now for this moment in time. And Father, I just give you praise this morning. I ask that you uh, speak to us by your Holy Spirit. As we've been talking about pneumatology the last few weeks, Holy Spirit, we ask that you be our God and our teacher and comforter this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. He is fine. He is awesome. He's good to go. He's got to come back for the, the last set. Amen. He's going to lead us in praise and worship today. You know, a, couple, a few years ago, I'm, I can't tell you how old I am, but it was back in the 70s. I think I was about 13 and 14 years old, teenager. And I love music. And I had, you know, I had a, a kind of a rough teenagehood because my, of my parents uh, passing away. But I used to love all kind of music. And there was one thing that happened in the 70s that it was just amazing. We had this group. And what happened was all these musicians came together. And what happened, it happened on the East Coast. We had a group of people who did classical music. We did a group, had a group of people who did rock music. And y'all saying, what is that? And it had a group of people who did funk music, funk, funk, okay? And you had a group of people who did jazz. And they all came together and formed this band. But when they came together, it was hard to see a cello merging with the bass guitar. I tell you, isn't it weird, isn't it? That's what I said. But they had such a fantastic sound. And they had harmony. And a lot of people benefited from it. A lot of people benefited. A lot of groups benefited from it. You won't remember the OJs. That's for you old folks. And somebody remember Boys to Men? All right, okay. We, they all benefit from it. And then, you know, they were studio musicians. And when you ever cut studio music, you have one track at a time when you do it. But they would go on tour. Called, they were called Mother, Father, Sister, Brother. It was the MFSB band. And they were known as the sound of Philadelphia. But what struck me was when they got on stage, whatever you heard in the studio was perfectly reproduced in, in person. Such harmony, such clar clarity, such unity. And what that took me to was this week. From everyone working here to this week, and putting sets together, and teaching all different styles. I was introduced to Coach this, month, this week, Coach Gregory. Never seen Coach, I know Mark Gregory, but you got to meet Coach Greg Gregory. And I met all the different people, and they put their gifts together, and it was such harmony. All come from different areas, but we came together on the crisis banner to teach kids and to do VBS. It was such harmony this week. And I saw the young children, their gift sets, 
started rising up, saw some of the leaders. And that young man that was dancing around, he's going to be a serious worshiper because he's not scared. Almost got me going. And I just want to spend just a couple minutes because of God's promises talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talked about, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last three to four weeks. And last week we talked about how God is closer than we know. But I want to just spend a moment because we have a special guest with us, not special guests, our children here with us, and they have gifts in them. Now, this is going to be an interactive sermon because I'm going to have them say some things. Is that okay? Now, just because they say something, that don't mean you can't say anything. Okay? I'm going to act like we're children. Then we might get it. Right? So when I saw that, and I saw the harmony that was produced this week, and how it all came together, and I'm going to recognize someone at the very end of the service who put this all together, and how we saw something on the board and we brought it to life. And it took a lot of different gift sets, different lot of different personalities, a lot of different people to come together to bring Christ to our community, bring Christ to our kids, and some of you sitting out here for the first time in church, bringing Jesus to you. And I'm talking about today pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit have been abused over the years, and a lot of people are afraid of them. I'm going to talk about those things. But can we uh, open our Bibles just for this moment? 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 7. Now, you kids here, look at me. All, everybody here. Now, when I, before I open my Bible, when I finish reading the scriptures, can y'all say this? That's Bible. Can y'all practice that? Let's do it all together. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. We got to do it a little louder because I can't hear. A lot of jet engine noise has been in my head for a while. Okay, let's go. One, two, three. Okay, now adults, when they say that's Bible, I want you to say, yes, it is. Can we practice that right now? If you're a guest this morning, I usually don't do this, but we're going to have fun today. Okay, one, two, three. Woo, man, that sounded good. Somehow I'm supposed to teach this in 20 minutes. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Anyway, look at the gifts of the Spirit coming. Anyway, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 1 through 7. You don't have your Bible. We have it on the screens. We'll be, I'll be using the uh, English Standard Version. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there's a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let's try one more time. 
Boy, y'all got some soul in here this morning. And this is Paul talking to a Corinthian church. And the best way I can explain the Corinthian church, they planned a church in a city like Las Vegas. And they were trying to have things take place in the church, and he came in to bring a lot of correction, some, a lot of information. And he was talking about spiritual gifts. And what is spiritual gifts? And, you know, it's an empowerment of enablement by the Holy Spirit for us to do the work of God, God's will, and for other people. You know, God loves people, other people so much, he gives his folks, us, believers, gifts to reach them. And if you look at the word gift, the translation in the Greek means charisma, charismata, charismata. But charisma, we heard about people who have charisma. Well, that's translated as gifts. They have a certain charisma, a certain gift. And there's a lot of gifts that God has given us. And I want to just spend a moment to tell you who they, what they are and also show you a lot of these children have them. Because we, rec- we, rec- we recognize that this week. Now, I can't get away from, uh, I wouldn't give it, I couldn't get away from this, living in a town that we live in in Abilene with three mainline de- um, denominational colleges. There's a uh, teaching out there, there's a view, it's called uh, cessationism, cessationism. And it's the view that the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit cease being practiced early on in church history. And there's a scripture that's being used because people don't want to talk about the miraculous gifts, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's sometimes it's, it's, it's a mystery, but also a lot of this comes up, a lot of this blowback comes up because of the abuse of gifts. Because what people have seen is the church of Jesus Christ trying to enjoy the gift versus employ the gift. So the gifts that we have, we want to employ them, not enjoy them. And what they've seen is enjoy them. So that this view has come up. And I'll tell you, when I was studying for this message, a lot of the guys who I, st- I look, I read about have this view. But I recognize one thing. The Bible has so many scriptures about the gifts of the Spirit. Number two, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is profitable. Not some, all. And the third thing, I don't think, you know, I'm going to go talk about knowledge. How, who has an iPhone? Who has an iPhone 4? A 5? A 3 and a half. Do you think knowledge, it doesn't exist. You think knowledge has passed away? Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verses 8 through 10. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. For to- as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, they will pass away. For I, in part, I know we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And this is the scripture that's used by cessationists about this, the perfect coming. Now, you got to remember, in 1 Corinthians, they didn't have a Bible. So I don't think the perfect coming was the Bible. I believe when Jesus talking about Jesus comes back, that's the perfect. We're not going to need the gifts. We have him. But I I didn't want to go past this because I know the environment that we live in, and I know where we are in Abilene, Texas. And I know some people will believe that, and I know there's teachers that teach, try to teach the Bible without 
this part of the, uh, the Bible of the miraculous gifts because it can be scary to people. Now, to them, it's not scary. They're not scared of anything, are you? You're not scared of anything, are you? Can you stand up and pray? Come on. You ready to pray? Just pray whatever on your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for everybody coming here and letting us have a great time here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, cool. And I told some of the congregation I was coming down, they said, you call me. Don't you call on me. Because y'all be nervous to pray. But children aren't nervous about anything. And they believe the whole Bible because no one told them they can't. We grew up and then we stopped believing it. And I don't believe God wrote anything to keep us away from things. They didn't really give us not to be uninformed, to be, but really have revelation about it. Now, I want three types of gifts I want to talk about today. The gifts for the Father. Everybody say Father. Father. The gifts of the Son. Everybody say Son. Son. And the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit. All right. Say Father. Father. Son. Son. Spirit. Spirit. Now, change the word to ghost. ghost. Scary when you say Holy Ghost, isn't it? Look at, whoa. See the name change? Gave, it put some weight on you. Holy Ghost. See, he ain't scared either. It's Holy Spirit. Talk about the gifts of the Father. It comes out of uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, 6 through 8. Sometimes we call them the, uh, the motivational um, gifts. 6 through 8. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Everyone say, let us use them. Let us use them. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, in service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, that's what we talk about. There's seven of them, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leadership, and mercy. The reason why they call the gifts of the Father, because it's usually tied into the way God hardwired us. We have people that when they walked in this church, they didn't want to go to class. They wanted to start serving. They're hardwired that way. And what it is, prophecy, teaching, exhorting. It's the way God created each and every one of us. Like him, he's going to be uh, this young man who prayed. He's going to have an awesome gift of exhortation because he's not worried about standing up and sharing Christ with us. How many love good news? How many love to be encouraged? And that's what exhortation does. And how many felt something when he prayed? Amen. And that's just the motivational gifts, but the gifts of the Father that the Father gives us good gifts. He gives us those gifts according to the grace that we have. We all have them. If you believe, we all were born with them. We've seen unbelievers without, without them. Elvis Presley had a great gift. He, was a, he had a pastoral gift on him. He knew it growing up. You say, how can he sell out all those places? Because he had a gift, and he struggled with it for years. Michael Jackson had that gift. He knew the calling. He struggled with it for years. The one who just passed away, Whitney Houston, had that gift. 
And she really struggled with it for years. Because she started with it, and then it became counterfeited. And toward the end of her life, she came back to it. But when she sung, it changed everyone's lives. We didn't care what the word said. We just wanted to hear the voice. Amen? Amen? Come on. Amen? Now I want you to say, uh-oh. I won't rip it. You say amen. Ready? One, two, three. Amen! He's not scared. You're scaring everybody. No, you're not. Second one, gifts of the sun. Gifts of the sun. All right. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. One of my favorite scriptures. It gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to do what? Come on, adults, to do what? Oh, so I'm supposed to equip you. Hello? All right, let me try over here. Am I supposed to equip you? Okay, I just want to know. For the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, and everyone said? No, that's what? That's what? All right, I got everyone going. That's the Bible. Pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers. Call that the fivefold ministries, the leadership gift. Reason why he calls gift from the sun is you like that? Did it fall over again? Fix that for me. You can fix that for me. You'll fix it, man. You fix that for me. It talks about the sun. It says in Ephesians 4 8 that he ascended and he gave gifts to men. Gives gifts to the church, the pastors, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Can I, can I give you a, um, not for me, but for other pastors and teachers, treat them like a gift, not like a doormat. Okay? Really. Because when you, when you slant on them, you're actually slant on God's gift to you. And that might be perfect, but they're God's gift to you. Okay? They have all different. They have all different things. Like the the prophet, he guides you. Sees forth thunder. He guides us. Evangelists, he does a lot of things for us. The pastors, guard, teachers, ground the food so you can eat it. To make what's complicated simple. Everyone's scared of prophecy, but under the Holy Spirit, it's just telling what God is getting a download from God, telling want to tell somebody something, and give them a word from God. And you know something, you can't take credit for it because of when it happens to you, you're like, oh, who said that? Now, these, are, these gifts here are leadership gifts. These are the office of a prophet. And they still exist today. And there's office of evangelists. You'll get to meet one later on this year. And we have teachers here, and we have pastors here. And guess how we find them? Guess how we find them? We start at this age. Now, there's some kids, children, I mean, uh, no, I'm sorry, adults, young adults here that I can't take out pictures and embarrass them because I remember some of them when they were like, where's the little guy? And we said, "Uh uh-oh, she's a wild one. (laughs) And look at her leading us in worship. We find them. God brings them. 
and we invest our life in them, and then he grows them to be beautiful, to be awesome. Same with you as adults. You've, some of you have come here. I saw some of you when you came here. Didn't know if life existed, no purpose, no nothing. And look at you now. Spend time. And God moves something in your life. None of these guys are a hindrance. Look at me. We did this on, on a, a, by purpose. So you know what's going on when we drop, you drop them off in the back room, back there in the back. None of them are a hindrance. They're all a blessing. Every one of them. That's, that calls for a hand clap for them. And God's, one of his promises says, whatever he starts, he's going to finish. He's starting a work in them. And it's our job to cultivate that work that he started in them. So they can, and he can finish it in them when they're going to go touch the nation. It's not our city, they're going to touch the nations. Amen? So that's why you have the leadership gifts. See, God giving these gifts to them. I love the word gifts, gives. Last one, the one that really gets on everybody that we get nervous about, the gifts of the Spirit, the miraculous gifts. And we say this is the gifts of the Spirit. This is what the Spirit gives us. These gifts you can't predict. They only come when God wants you to, do, wants you to function in something at the time it needs to function to take place. So I'm going to spend the rest of my time in here. It manifests when we're not expecting it. Well, we've heard it as a church. We try to reproduce it. And a lot of you walk in it, and it gets to the Spirit, especially if God is your Lord and Savior, and you don't even know it in your workplace. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 11. These are nine gifts here, the manifestation gifts. Here we go. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the one who is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit, by another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretations of tongues. And all these are empowered by, all these are empowered by the one and the same spirit who appropriation apportions to each one individually as he wills, as he pleases. And that is what? That is what? I can't hear you. That is what? All right, no one gets hit with the ball. Nine gifts are mentioned here. I broke them up into three different ways. Gifts that see something, gifts that say something, and gifts that do something. The gifts that see something. A word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, and the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge. You ever been with somebody and they had an issue and they asked you one question and you were able to, and they didn't even tell you anything about it and you gave them something. They're saying, how'd you know? And I really needed that. It's the word of knowledge. God, the Holy Spirit gave it to you at that point. 
It happens in your workplace where everyone's stuck. And you don't know why they're stuck. They give you one word. My wife is good at that. And then she'll repair it quickly, very quickly. The word of knowledge. We walk around with it a whole lot. We just don't recognize it. Second one, discerning and spirit. That's a scary one. That's when you can see when things, as my mother used to say, things aren't right. You ever have, my mother used to say, son, <laughs> you got a bad spirit in you. And you know something? She didn't leave it at that because I was born in 57. She said, son, I'm just going to beat the spirit out of you. And I said, Mom, I don't have a bad spirit, really. I really I'm sorry. Didn't matter. Didn't matter what you begged. I saw it on you. You need it weekly. Weekly. Am I knocking things over? Next one is a word of wisdom. You have a word of wisdom for somebody who's going through something. You don't know how it came to you. It just came to you. I want, what I want to do is not make it so spooky. Because I know we've all experienced the spookiness of it, but we never experienced the practicality of it. <laughs> Say that again. It barely even is spooky. Coming from a child. Right. Didn't go to Bible school. Yes, you did this week. You are qualified. See? You're young. You're right. I love this guy. You know him? Now, he reminds me growing up. When I grew up, my mother said, Richard, there's 20 guys outside. You know whose voice I hear? Yours. You know what I meant? I said, Mom, I didn't tell her anything. I was thinking, I'm going to be a preacher one day. I'm going to yell a lot and get paid for it. Vocal. Parents, recognize the gifts in your children. And what you see, it's not my notes. Don't take them to the doctor. Take them to the Bible. And find out what the Bible says, what who they are. The most creative kids today, they're trying to control them. I seen my son when he was growing doing stuff, and the teachers, one man, one lady said, don't you put him on anything. See, the difference was who his teacher was, who can see the creativity in him and pull it out of him, not trying to shut it down. So spend time discovering their gifts. Spend time, spend time what God has empowered them, because they're not too young to receive it, what God has hardwired them to do and be. Spend some time with them. You'll, you'll discover a lot of it, hello, a lot of it is in you. Because when you look, you're looking right at the mirror. Didn't know where my son talked all that smack. And I had to figure it out. It was Donna's fault.
All right, take that off the tape. Oh, yes, it is. I don't know where he talks that smack. I don't talk smack. I'm humble. <laughs> but he knows how to do math. That's not me. I know how to pass it by the brain. There you go. Okay, get, let's last thing. Gifts that say something. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. The prophecy, again, is the foretelling, foretelling what God is saying, hearing from God. Um, a lot of us in this place here, a lot of us have that gift, and we've been giving you environments to exercise that gift. Tongues, the ones that are talking about different tongues. You uh, experience that if you go overseas, a couple of friends of mine went over to China to speak. Next thing they spoke in a language, they didn't understand it, what they were saying, but the Chinese people understood everything they said. It's a manifestation of God's spirit working through you. Second one, interpretation of tongue. When someone is in our prayer, we don't do that here on Sunday mornings. We do that in our prayer times. We do it in our prayer service. And someone speaks, we want to do it in order. When someone speaks in a tongue in prayer, there's always someone there to interpret that. There's nothing weird about it. It's just how we let the Spirit move us in that so we can be effective. We want to employ that with, with one another, but also practicality out there. Well, people are looking for the real answers and looking for the real truth. Last one is uh, the gifts that do something. Faith. How many know a person, nothing is ever impossible with God? Those are the ones you want to get with when you're going through somebody, aren't you? Going through something. You want to get with those folks. Have a supernatural power, um, belief that God's doing. How about those for healing? Laying hands on people for them to be healed. Jesus said we can do that. We don't chase that. It happens a lot. It manifests when God wills, just as he wills. The last one, I don't want to, again, miracles. Miracles still happen today. There's a man that you'll hear from in a couple of weeks who went, he thought he was going to have surgery on his hip. Wound up having a heart surgery. God put him in the right spot at the right time because he knew what he needed. It was a miracle. And where he discovered, he's the one that discovered he had the heart attack. They didn't. You come out of anesthesia to say, I think I'm having a heart attack. They believed him. The miracle is he was healed. He was in the right spot in the right time. God put him there. A year ago, he talked about having this surgery. A year ago, he never knew he had the complications he had. He's been walking around with it forever. He wants to give a testimony, and I believe he needs to do that. If you don't know, his name is Booker Roy, one of the most faithful men here. His gift is service. He works children. These are the ones he, he works children. I went to see him the other day. Who do I need to help go take the camp? Who needs the help going to camp? Because we got youth going to camp tomorrow. And I'm going to camp this week. Are you really? Boy Scout camp. Boy Scout camp. That's amazing. You know, you're amazing. You going to Girl Scout camp? I meant to tell you one thing about your children. <laughs> they don't know how to lie. <laughs> they don't know how to be fake. Like my son said one time they wanted to serve root beer in church. 
Oh, no, don't have no root beer. My dad doesn't drink any more beer. <laughs> Here I am, the deacon. Hey, I'm pure. I'm holy. I love children. No one told them they can't. I tell you, he's going to be a pastor. He's going to be a pastor. He's got it going on. Last thing is, and we're going to close with a song and have a great time. How am I doing, Ms. Ruth? Am I engaging everybody? Okay, I just read a scripture. That was what? Okay, one time, one time. Ready? That was what? All right, all righty. How do you activate the gift? Okay, how do you activate gifts? And let's talk about this. All right, well, that took away five minutes of my preaching. <laughs> Give you an example. Here at Grace Point Church. Um, I'm going to pick somebody I don't know. Come on, you stand up. That's right, but you got that Chicago hat on. I'm praying for you every day. All right. Sam right here. Every day. Sorry, I, I, pray, I pray for Pastor Sammy because he's a Celtics fan too. So, come over here. You stand next to him. You stand right next to him. I need a strong man. Strong man, you stand up. You got more than Jesus, church. You got Jesus all in you. And you got that Bible going on. That's your phone? It's not, it's not Angry Birds, is it? Okay. All right. Why don't you just line up here? I want you to come over here. I want you to stand right here. Okay. And you're going to stand right there. And I need one more adult. Um, I can't do any children right now. Uh, come on, strong man. Because you, you were my, uh, I've known you since, never mind, I, won't, I won't embarrass you. I mean, I'm going to put you. I know. Oh, tell me some more about him. No, we grew up. <laughs> I was his youth pastor years ago. You're going to come around this way, bud. Come around this way. You're going to stand here. Now, when I'm talking about showing up, this word here, show up. When you're talking about the gifts of the spirit, after we get down to 11, 12 talks about the body of Christ. I'm going to give you my journey. It's going to be two minutes. When me and my wife were in Okinawa, Japan, all we did, got in foundations class, started serving. I love to park cars. We used to park the cars for those showing up. We used to pray over the cars, cars and then we had everyone go in. When it came out, they got in their cars and left. And I was good at it. I was about to become the, the CEO of car parking. <laughs> then my wife said, Hun, they need, the pastor's wife needs someone to help in the two and three year olds. So I'm going to help. We're going to help. I said, Who's your we? What? I'm the car parker. So I know you're not a two year old. You're not. You're strong. Put your thing back on, okay? You orange. Orange won yesterday, right? Okay, see? Orange crush. All right. And next thing I know, three years later, I'm down there. Jesus loves you. And I'm on my knees acting crazy with children, teaching them the gospel. Next thing you know, someone just taps me on my shoulder and says, uh, 
don't you guys uh, be so, Sunday school superintendents? And we, who are you talking to? Because we love, Jesus loved me, yes, you know. I want you got to do that. So we did that. So then again, someone tapped us on a, about two years, tapped us on another on the shoulder again. Hey, you guys need to be children's church, children's pastors. Like, who? This Sunday school is killing me. Why are we going to do that? I'm growing up too fast. You're right. I like him. I love him. And what happened was, what happened was, they tapped me on the shoulder. We became children's pastors. And then another tap came. Man, you have a gift to minister to men. I wish you could find out who that guy is because I'm not him. So I did men. Then they, I got here to the States, tapped me on the shoulder, said, you like youth? Why don't you be a youth pastor? At the same time, why don't you be the guy on the soundboard that gets yelled at every week? And also at the same time, you do the, uh, that, well, that's when it was PowerPoint and you had a slideshow and all that other stuff. Okay, who's that guy? Me. So I, remember, I was his. And he listened to me a whole lot. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? right. Amen. All right. <laughs> and now you have just one just like you. Oh, man, I tell you, don't worry about it. He's got the gift like you got. And next thing you know, I tap, someone taps me on the shoulder again and say, hey, why don't you be the usher? Run, build an usher team. We only got four guys. So I did that. Wound up with 16 guys. Then they tap me on the shoulder again. Hey, you know that pastor guy, Jeff guy, that big guy that sweats all the time, that preaches? You need to be his bodyguard. So you follow him around. And then he works you to death. Jeff will work you to death. And then someone tapped me on the shoulder. So why don't you be associate pastor? Ten years, 12 years ago, right? And then... January, December 1st, someone tapped me on the shoulder. Said, why don't you be a senior pastor to families? And I said, really, who is this guy? Really, that's a joke. And it wasn't a joke. What I'm talking about, folks, you show up to be led, not to choose. A lot of us want to be specialists, but you know, I learned in academic school, which I'm still doing, but I learned in the school of people because that's where you learn. And I did everything in this church, and nothing's changed. My wife, she still teaches once a month, twice a month now. She's trying to move for two, twice a month in children's church because that's where we started. And the cleaning up of the church, we do that anyway because this is God's house, and we want him to shine. And what I'm trying to do, when you show up to be led, you show up doing what this guy's doing. You show up. Jesus loved you. Yes, I know. You show up with the youth. You show up with the adults. Teach a life group. And you, I guarantee someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I see this in you. But you can't do it apart from anybody else because it's a team effort. Join the body of Christ. That's why we're talking about membership. Reason why? We want you to reach your destiny in Christ. 
And you need someone to pull out of you what you don't know is inside of you. I never knew I had this until God flipped my world around. I wanted to be a business major. Then I learned how to, you know, in business, you learn how to really get ahead by cutting people up. That's why Wall Street's having such a tough time now. Amen? Thank you, guys. You're amazing. Thank you. Next week, we'll talk about the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll debunk all that. But right now, I want to party. Who wants to party?